This podcast is brought to you by Langley and Benack, a full-service South and Central Texas law firm that delivers the highest quality legal advice coupled with exceptional client service. From our main office in San Antonio, we provide the resources of a national firm while maintaining close ties to the communities in which we practice. To learn more, please visit us at langleybenack.com. That's langleybenack.com or call us at 210-736-6600. Today's episode is part one of a five-part series on family law. This series is hosted by Sharla Davies. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Langley and Benack podcast are for information purposes only and should not be considered legal or professional advice for any particular situation. The presentation of this informational content does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you would like to meet with one of our attorneys, please contact us through our website at www.langleybenack.com or call us at 210-736-6600. Hello, everyone. My name is Charlotte Davies. I am a family law attorney and I practice in San Antonio, Texas. I've been practicing about 20 years and I'm board certified in family law. I am a shareholder at the law firm of Langley and Benack, located in San Antonio, Texas. I'm here to talk to you about various issues related to family law. In this series, um, each podcast is going to have a different topic um, because believe it or not, there are lots of different issues going on as it relates to family law, especially right now. Today, I want to focus on how we are handling our family law cases while COVID is raging outside. Um, as everyone knows, the country basically shut down uh, in mid-March of this year. That included our court system. Um, aside from emergency issues, um, the courts held no other hearings, uh, whether it be for temporary orders, final orders, or any other minor disputes that the courts are there to handle. It took um, approximately three three to four weeks for our court systems to get up and running and they did a fantastic job. Our courts have integrated the use of Zoom for hearings, um, meetings, um, fourth court of appeals arguments, Supreme Court arguments, um, anything and everything you can imagine as it relates to family law can be held via Zoom. Um, and I think a lot of people um, we're worried, you know, I can't go out and meet anyone. I have to stay home because that's the safest thing for us to do. And you're absolutely 100% correct. Staying home is the best thing. But if you are in the, we're in the process of a divorce or are thinking about a divorce or any other family law matter, you should know that um, attorneys are available via Zoom. For instance, um, I'm available via Zoom. I think every attorney 
in my office, uh, has met with clients over Zoom. We have had depositions over Zoom um, and have handled various hearings over Zoom. It is actually uh, a much easier process than you would think. I know a lot of people when they first heard Zoom, they had no idea what it was, but people have quickly become uh, very uh, skilled at working with Zoom to accomplish what you need to accomplish. The hardest thing I think for people is um, if you don't have an attorney, you need to find an attorney. And especially with a family law attorney, there is nothing like a face-to-face -face meeting um, where you can talk and discuss your issues and see um, if you connect with that attorney, if you feel comfortable with that attorney. Because that's number one, I think is the most important um, part, is that the client and the attorney have a good relationship. And that means being able to communicate with each other, to trust what the other says. Um, and that's hard to do when you, if you only do a phone call. Um, so a lot of times I will have meetings with clients over Zoom. Um, I think I have met, I, I'm currently prepping for a, a final hearing next week, and I am regularly meeting with clients and witnesses over Zoom to go over any issues that we have. Um, it, it helps, it makes the, um, the client feel more comfortable being able to see you and see what you're doing and, and vice versa. It's also a good opportunity to get the client used to using Zoom because a lot of people, you know, prior to March of this year had never used it and that includes myself. Um, I was so nervous um, about the process and how it was going to work. Um, there is something to um, being in the courtroom and being present and being able to see the judge and um, see the other party and um, kind of just get a feel for the room. And, and Zoom, in a way, makes that a little bit more difficult, but I think that there is um, definitely um, some benefits for it. The primary benefit is, of course, everyone staying safe and um, managing to still get, get, your, get your matter heard. So the first thing I, I think I want to go over regarding a Zoom hearing is um, how do I get ready to be on a Zoom hearing or a Zoom call? I have um, I have watched several hearings um, over the course of these last few months um, initially so that I could get an idea about what what I was going to be expecting, what it was going to look like. And there are several YouTube channels where you can watch various courts throughout the state of Texas. Um, it just gives you an idea. I think it's always a good idea to look and see what does this look like? What are people doing? How, how are they being perceived? Um, I think people often forget, I have to say this right now, I've seen it so many times, people tend to forget their, their best behavior when they're on Zoom because they're in the comfort of their own home. And I think people forget that if you have a hearing and there is a judge, it is you need to behave just as if you were at the courthouse. And what I mean by that is, number one, you need to dress appropriately. Um, you know, you, you need to look as if you're, you know, going to a nice event, have a nice, 
have a nice shirt on, maybe have a jacket, maybe have some nice jewelry. Definitely have, you know, shower and um, do your hair. Um, if you're, if uh, you wear makeup, wear makeup because it does make a difference. Um, I've observed people who literally look like they just rolled out of bed and um, no offense to anyone, but I think it makes it, it doesn't make a good impression on, on the judges. I think that it just shows that you're not really taking this seriously. And it's still a serious issue, even though you're, you're sitting, maybe sitting in your lounger um, at home. And so, number one, not only dressing appropriately is, is something you need to focus on, but you also need to focus on where you're sitting. Um, I have observed people laying in beds um, in their recliners, very relaxed, sitting on their couches, very relaxed. Um, even I've seen people in their cars. Um, and understandable technology um, is not the same for everyone. Very lucky that we have a great IT um, department at our law firm who has been able to set us up so that we can, we can be as professional as possible um, when we have to appear before the courts. Um, so my recommendation for a location is if you can, you know, if you have to sit, sit at your kitchen table, try to have um, as much as possible a blank background. Um, have a nice, you know, try to fix an angle, um, a play with it you, because you can see yourself when you first get on Zoom and you could see what you look like um, and you could figure out, okay, what angle looks best? Um, what's behind me? Um, there's also various kinds of lighting that make a difference um, because you, you do want to the, the court to be able to see you, see who you are and, and, and make a good impression. Um, there are many different types of ring lights. I've invested in one for myself. Um, I know other others have as well. It just, um, it makes a difference and it makes the it, it easy to see your face because I think it's important that the court sees who you are. Um, in, in regards to that, you know, some people have Zoom on their laptops, um, but what, you know, like, what do I do if I don't have a computer at home? What if I only have my phone? Well, I know there's an application for Zoom that you can download. It's free, um, so it's not going to cost you anything. But uh, And there's also ring lights that you can use that adapt to your cell phone. So you can still have the good lighting. Um, I'm sure some of you have seen people that have you know books stacked up in their computer or phone um, stacked up at a level where you can be seen. It's a, it's a flattering level. Um, what I've seen people um, do uh, that, that's probably not a great idea, if you, have your, if you only have a phone to use, have it steady, set it up, mount it somehow. Um, I've, done, I've done some Zoom uh, meetings at home and I've uh, only had my phone available at the time. So I set it up at a flattering angle with good lighting with, you know, and, and sat down so that I'm steady and the phone is steady um, because you don't realize that when you move it shakes and it can give a little bit of appearance of um, it's, it's a shaky camera it's sort of like the Blair Witch Project um, people kind of get nauseous <laughs> when um, when you're moving around so anything that you can do to cut out those kinds of distractions I think are so important Another idea that I want to share is something that I've noticed that 
when you are in your in position, you know, most of us are going to be at home. If you're at all able to be in a room by yourself and, you know, we've all seen the, the, the children running into the room, um, interrupting mom or dad in the middle of their, their interview or their meeting. And it's all, and that's all great. And I, and I think everyone's really understanding, but if you can minimize those kinds of disruptions at this time, I, I highly recommend it. Um, if you have a dog or an animal that needs to be, that likes to go in and out, let them out. Barking dogs are often heard in the background and, you know, let, let your other people, let the other people in your house know, listen, I'm going to be on this meeting. I need you to please be quiet because I've, again, I spent a lot of time um, observing different court uh, proceedings over Zoom and I have seen, or I've seen and heard uh, people yelling and screaming from the other room, um, even arguments which um, in a family law situation, you just hope the judge doesn't see that because that's, that's the last thing um, that you want to have. A family law judge here is you're yelling at someone or someone yelling at you or vice versa. If you have little ones, you know, try to have them occupied somehow. It's hard, but um, if at all possible, treat it as if you were down at the courthouse, which means nobody's coming, you know, you don't have your child with you, you don't have your animals with you, you're there, you're dressed appropriately, um, and you're um, free from as many distractions as possible. Because this, when, when you're on a Zoom hearing, you need to be focused, you need to um, really pay attention to what's going on. The one thing that our courts have not um, started doing just yet, um, at least full-time, are jury trials. And you don't necessarily always have a jury trial in a family law case, but um, there are some that are appropriate. And if you have a, an issue that you have decided you want a jury to be the the, the trial, hear, uh, have a jury hear your issue and decide, um, the ruling, you you know, you have that right. Right now, though, the jury trials, at least in Bear County, are suspended until the end of September. Now, what does that mean if um, if you have if, if you want to have a jury decide your case? Well, right now, anyone who was on the jury docket, um, their matter was automatically dropped, meaning they they had once had a date to be at the courthouse to have a jury decide um, their family law matter. And because of COVID, that date was lost. Um, and there's there, so therefore, there are people that are still waiting in line in front of you. So getting that um, heard anytime soon, I think is gonna be really unlikely. I know our courts are working really hard right now um, to figure out how to have uh, a jury trial via Zoom. And hopefully we'll have one soon so we can get an idea of what what works and what doesn't work. Um, there have been, I believe I've at least observed at least one, uh, what we call voir dire, which is where you question the jurors. Um, it was up in Collin County and um, they seem to have it work quite effectively. Um, normally you'd be, if you're called for jury duty, you will go down to the courthouse and you're in a room with uh, a couple hundred people maybe. And you know these days, that is just not an option. So what they did is they had people who were able to 
access a link um, and they they did the voir dire over Zoom. And voir dire is when the attorneys ask potential jurors questions um, to determine if there's any sort of conflict of interest that might be there or any kind of inherent bias that can't be overlooked. Um, if one of the jurors is a family member, um, you name it. Um, and so, so it's an important process um, to make sure that you've got an impartial panel of jurors. And the only way to do that is to look at the people in the face, ask them questions. Um, and I think that that's, that's something that we're, the courts are trying to get us back going because not only do we use it in family law, but it's used a lot in other areas, criminal law, for instance, um, civil litigation, uh, personal injury, business disputes. A lot of times jurors are used to, to determine, I don't want to use the word victor, but um, to determine the ruling in, in the dispute to kind of settle the issue for everyone. Another area um, where we use Zoom a lot is mediation. Now, a lot most family law matters are always uh, ordered to go to mediation before you go down to the courthouse um, and have a have a judge decide um, your dispute. Uh, I have done to date about I've done two Zoom mediations, exceptionally effective. Um, you worry because the way we do mediation in Texas, um, we caucus. And what I mean by that is, uh, so if I'm your attorney and you're my client, you and I will be in one room together. The other party and their attorney will be in, the, in another room separate. And the mediator generally goes back and forth between the two rooms, um, handling offers, counter offers, and trying to narrow down the issues to see if we can get reach an agreement. Um, and generally those, those mediations, when they were in person, could last a day easily or two. Um, and so that was a, a, a situation I was really concerned about because, again, there, there's an, the idea is um, being at, a, at, a, at someone's office, um, having someone there physically in front of you, bringing you um, your agreement and being able to sign it, let you know, right then and there, I know you're done and you can go home and just forget about the day. I had serious concerns, um, but the mediations I've done have been extremely effective. And I, you know, it, what, what's nice about it is I had a client who was on vacation at, at, at a time when we had a date available. Everyone was available. The mediator we wanted was available, and she was able to stay on her vacation and log in via Zoom um, for the time that we were in our mediation, um, which made you know normally that would never happen. Normally, she would have had to pack up everybody and come back home, come to my office, or go. we go to the mediator's office. Instead, I'm at my office. She was at her vacation home. Um, and we were able to resolve the case, most importantly. Um, the great thing about Zoom is there's an ability for you to share information electronically, um, not just over sending emails, but there's a, a share screen option that I've used. I, I've used to share information. Um, I use it for exhibits when I'm in trial. Um, you can share it. Um, everyone can see it. What's great about it is that you can actually highlight um, different portions you want want to bring attention to, which um, it's, it's live. It's as you're going. And so normally I would be 
approaching the witness, handing them uh, the piece of paper that has the that has the exhibit, asking them to take a look at it. But I, I can do exactly the same thing on Zoom. I use share file. I ask the witness, "Is this um, is this your pay stub?" And, and they can identify it, and it works just the same, um, which I think is fantastic. Um, and being able to mediate cases is really, really important um, because the majority of family law cases, they, they, they will settle at mediation. And to be fair, honestly, that is the best thing you can do. If you can resolve your family law issue um, without having to go to the courthouse, without having to um, tear each other down, uh, say all the bad things about each other that you know, um, it, it really is truly better for you, um, especially in divorce situations or any kind of custody situations, um, any case that involves a child, because uh, if you can reduce the conflict between yourself and the other parent, um, your child's going to benefit from that. Now, there's some other issues related to um, COVID and divorce that um, maybe you should be aware of. Um, I have uh, some issue, instances where um, parties, the assets have been devalued because of COVID. Um, that's a new area. Um, that is something that um, makes a difference when you're trying to settle your case. Um, for instance, if you had any kind of business, particularly a restaurant, that might have been, you know, have this, you know, this great money maker, all of a sudden it's not. That, that makes a difference in, in the property division. Um, same thing with homes, same thing with anything you can think of. And then there's also issue of what do I do with my kids? Um, a lot of issues initially, especially when COVID first hit and we had our stay-at-home home orders, um, people were like, it happened at spring break. And um, most of your possessions, I call them possession schedules because that's what they are. They're your schedule of your time with your kids. Um, majority of the time, you know, it's it's one parent's, parents alternate spring breaks. So the idea is, okay, I get my child for spring break and then I take them when they, you know, when they return to school the following Monday. That's generally when it ends. Um, and you have no idea how many people um, thought that meant, well, if school's not back in session, I don't have to return my child. And that's simply not the case. And our courts were fantastic at issuing emergency orders. Um, and even our, our, or the Supreme Court of Texas um, issued an order uh, that required everyone to continue to follow their possession schedules as if school was still in session. And that made a big difference. Um, most people followed those rules. There were several people that didn't. Um, fortunately, I, I only had one case, and it was a matter of showing the other side uh, a copy of the Supreme Court's order, and they, they complied. Um, other people that I've talked to, other attorneys, they've had to you know, have hearings to get the children back. Um, it's, you know, it's a sad thing, um, when, when you get there, but know that our courts are there. And if someone is not following the rules, they're there today and they will enforce those orders for you. 
Um, so don't be afraid to contact an attorney because I think a lot of people thought, well, there's nothing I can do. It's COVID. I'm stuck. You're not stuck. The court's open. Okay. Um, family law attorneys were deemed essential employees um, when the first uh, stay-at-home order was issued. So we were um, we were working um, constantly um, throughout, even though there was a short break in our ability to really get anything done because the courts were closed. But we were still able to work out different agreements. Um, and the fact that the courts are opened again, we're now able to kind of push things forward and get things done. One thing that um, is, is um, definitely um, better for everyone is um, what we call when you get divorced. And so you say you have a mediated settlement agreement and you've agreed to certain terms. You have a final decree put together and everybody signed it. You need to get the judge to sign it. And one thing that you have to do in Texas when you take a final decree of divorce to, to a judge is one of the parties has to appear and they have to um, give testimony as to where they've lived so that we can make sure that um, the court can make sure that it has jurisdiction over the divorce. And so what that means is you have to have lived in Texas at least six months and in the county where you file the divorce, you have to have lived there at least 90 days. So you have to attest to that. And you also have to ha attest to what your agreement is. Um, and so a lot of times, especially when they weren't having um, uh, any kind of Zoom hearings that were easy to get um, initially, you could, what we did initially was we completed an affidavit that had every question that we needed to ask and at least one party has to sign off on it before a notary and then we would submit it to the court and we'd get it back. Um, that that took a while. It took a while to get going. It took longer. We were used to going down to the courthouse with our client with the decree and just walking up to the judge and, and asking them to, to hear our, our uh, testimony and sign our order. Today, we, we have that back. We, we really, we lost the ability to do that for a while, which definitely delayed getting things finalized. Um, now we have, there is a, a special setting in the afternoon in Bear County. There is a link to the presiding Zoom, um, Zoom uh, meeting room and you jump in there and um, let, the judge sees you and you know they'll ask you what you have. Um, for instance, I had a decree of divorce I needed to prove up recently. Um, my client was at her home, at her home, which great. You don't have to go downtown. You don't have to fight parking. And uh, she was on her computer on Zoom, and we were able to do those those what we call prove up questions. Um, and it took approximately maybe thirty, not quite, maybe about 15, 20 minutes in total. Um, which would normally have taken about an hour at least to get downtown, to get to the courtroom, to sit in the courtroom and wait for um, the judges to find out when the judge had time. And so I found that to be extremely efficient and it has been um, a very nice surprise. And I hope that they keep that, um, that option uh, in the future because it does make a difference. Um, it also kind of calms people down knowing that, okay, it, I mean, people are nervous even when we're just going to go prove up a divorce. Um, something about the, you know, the judge in the robe sitting on the bench is very intimidating. Um, and so the Zoom gives them a little bit of, I guess, comfort. 
and it definitely goes it goes very quickly very easily we email the the civil presiding clerk um, a copy of what we need signed and the judge will sign it and they will mail it back to us um, so in that sense our courts you know I, I can't I can't stress enough how much I appreciate our judges and what they've done to um, give us access to the courts again, give the public access to the courts. Because even though we had COVID, we're in the middle of a pandemic, there's still family law issues going on. Um, and I hope that um, what I've shared with you today helps a little bit. Um, and I think next time I'm going to go over, next episode, we'll discuss um, preparing for a divorce. How do you know if you're really ready to take that step? And I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I've hoped it's helped a little bit. Um, I appreciate your listening and thank you very much. Talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us today for the Langley and Benack podcast. Please subscribe to get the latest updates. If you would like to meet with one of our attorneys, please contact us through our website, www.langleybenack.com or call us at 210-736-6600.